The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Lloyd, today our show is about background checks. And you know, in our economy, people are looking for jobs, and also in this age of information and terrorism and all sorts of concerns about criminal backgrounds, many employers, almost all employers, are doing some sort of background checks. And so we're going to focus today on what you as a student or what you as a professional should do when you are going to be interviewing for a job or interviewing for a promotion or whatever, because it's so important that we do that. We've had shows before on what employers should do, but we're going to talk a little bit more about what it's like to have a background check and what you should do and what you should know if you're a potential employee. And I am really thrilled today because we are going to be interviewing an expert on background checks. He is the author of Sleuthing 101, Background Checks and the Law, Barry Nadell. He's wonderful and he's on the line with us. Let me tell you a little bit about him. For over 16 years, Barry Nadell has been the established industry expert on legal issues surrounding employment background screening, and he speaks nationally on this subject. He's also a respected authority on the necessity of verifying employment eligibility in the United States. Back in 1994, Barry founded InfoLink Screening Services, a leading provider of background screening services. And he served as the company's president until it was acquired by Kroll. And Kroll is the largest risk man- mitigation company in the world. And he did that back in, ni- in 2006. Then in December of 2007, Mr. Nadell retired from Kroll as the senior vice president of background screening. And then he decided, after getting invited to be an expert witness for a law firm, he decided that that was how he was going to continue in his expression of all the expertise that he has in background checks. He's been an industry authority and advocate in both Washington and in California regarding background check screening. He's also been on um, on, appeared on TV, including the Bloomberg Report, ABC News, and he's been interviewed on more than 175 live radio talk shows. And he was an editorial advisory board member for Recruiting Trends magazine, published by the Kennedy Information. You can learn a lot more about him at barrynadell.com. That's 
N-A-D-E-L-L.com. And also we have a lot about him on KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. You can see a picture. You can see a picture of his book. And we link to his website and a little bit more about his bio there too. So without further ado, thank you so much, Barry, for joining us. Thank you, Mari. I appreciate the invitation. Well, you have a great background and background checks. So why don't we talk about what a potential employer legally can ask potential employees when requesting a background check? Uh, as far as an employer can ask, uh, there, there are certain things that, that an employer cannot ask about, which is basically about medical, which is privacy, privacy information. But generally, they can certainly ask about past criminal records. They can ask about past employment. They can ask about um, uh, credit, uh, endeavor to learn if somebody did file a bankruptcy, what was that about. Um, so there's a lot of questions that an employer can ask, and the potential job applicant needs to be prepared to be able to answer them honestly. Yes. So many potential employees want to know why potential employers are doing these invasive background checks when, you know, very cohesive and comprehensive ones? Well, you know, this has been a question that's been been going on for many, many, many years. I mean, the industry has evolved dramatically where background checks is totally acceptable at this point in time. And pretty much every employer does, does background checks. The difference between uh, going into depth of a background check depends pretty much on uh, the job that the person's applying for. For example, if somebody is applying for a position where they cannot affect the company financially, then nobody should be looking into their credit, and, and credit reports should not be run. Uh, if someone is uh, is you know just hired. Um, as, as a uh, laborer uh, at minimum wage, uh, you don't necessarily call all their references to find out every single detail about them because references, first of all, it's difficult to get information from references to begin with, and it's time-consuming. But every employer needs to analyze what the job entails and, and then package the types of background checks accordingly. So what about, what are some of the federal and state laws that um, potential employees need to understand? Uh, the federal law is the, is the Federal Fair Credit Reporting Act. And although it has the word credit in it, it's a misnomer. It should be the, the Fair Consumer Reporting Act because credit is just one element of the law. And it pretty much surrounds uh, what an employer should be doing, what a uh, background screening company should be doing as far as background checks are concerned because uh, job applicants have rights. Consumers have rights. And uh, so the federal law was designed years ago because of that. Then various states have jumped on the bandwagon and created their own laws dealing with background checks. We are in California here, and California has pretty much the toughest law relative to background checks. Right. So you have to correspond with both federal and state laws and understand what's going on if you're an employer or you need to deal with a background screening company that understands the laws that surround their industry. 
So if an employer is listening, driving by here in Irvine, California or Newport Beach, what are some of the most important steps that they must follow in performing a background check? Well, first of all, they need to uh, obtain a, a good vendor uh, and not just look at price, but look at the quality of the work that is provided. Um, turnaround time is important to get the information back fast, and it needs to be accurate. You know, The next step is uh, when they decide that they're going to do background checks, they should uh, create some policies and procedures internally as to what background checks they're going to perform based upon the different job uh, requirements that, uh, that they have in their company. And then once they establish that, then they need to create a disclosure and authorization form that disclosure and authorization form has to be presented to any potential consumer uh, that they're going to be doing a background check on. Uh, that person has to authorize the background check in writing, and uh, then then the employer can go ahead and contact their vendor um, and request the background check. Once they've done the background check and they've received the results of the background check, if the employer decides that there's something in that background check that would cause them to make an adverse decision relative to the hiring of the individual, then they need to follow what's called adverse action rules and provide a copy of the report to the individual, uh, give them the opportunity to dispute any information in the report, and then they can go ahead and uh, provide indicate to them that they're not going to be hiring them based on the report. Now, isn't it true that in California, if they complete a, an application, they can, get a, they can mark a box that says that they want a copy of the background check in California? Yeah. If they get that yeah. automatically, if they do that, if they don't have to have just an adverse action? That's correct. Uh, anybody can get a copy of the report at any time. And and, and uh, the application may have a box on it that they can check, or even if they decide not to check the box and a month later they want a copy of it, they're absolutely entitled to a copy of their background check. And once they see that there's an error, maybe they're a victim of criminal identity theft or some form of identity theft or there's an error, then what happens, What what is the next step for the potential employee with regard to the background screening company? Uh what would what would happen is the the individual who feels that there's an error on the background check would contact the employer. The employer would then contact the background screening company, or the individual can contact the background screening company directly because the law requires that that they're advised as to who that background screening company is in the very you know to begin with. But they can contact the background screening. Uh, they can dispute the information in the report, telling them that it's not true. And the background screening is required to recheck uh, their sources uh, and come back with either a new report that has accurate information or uh, verify that, in their opinion, the report that they provided originally was accurate. And that's a requirement. So, Barry, what did, what did you do when you ran your info screening? Um, what did you do or did you ever hear from someone that said that, hey, even though you verify that this is true, 
this isn't really me. This I'm a victim of criminal identity theft or I'm a victim of some kind of identity theft. Did anyone ever come back to you with that? Um, but yeah, Mari, you, you know, in today's world of common names, you know, there are issues. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was hired in a case uh, to represent a background screening company as an expert witness uh, where they did a background check on an individual. The individual had a relatively common name. Uh, and they reported that the individual had a criminal record. Now, what happened is, in the court systems today, the only identifiers within the court system is the name and the person's date of birth. Because of identity theft, they've removed Social Security number and other things. Uh, and so they reported what was in the court record, which was that there was a match with the person's name and a match with the person's date of birth. Right. Well, as it turned out, it it wasn't that person because of identity theft. Right. Um, but but we prevailed in court because it wasn't the background screening's fault. They were just regurgitating the information that the court had. Right. I had another situation which was kind of different, where an individual uh, came back and disputed disputed the information and said that the case was dismissed. And we went back to the court several times, who kept verifying that that the crime was there. Until the court said, whoops, guess what? The paperwork for the dismissal, on the way for the judge to sign it, the clerk took a wrong turn and filed the paperwork, and the judge never signed the order. Oh, <laughs> no. So we followed through, and we got the order signed. Uh, the person w- wasn't happy, but he was, they were happy with us that we, you know, we were able to identify this information. But these things happen, and so um, you know, my recommendation uh, to individuals is if you're applying for a job, you know, one of the things that you need to do is call past employers, tell them that you're applying for a job, you know, hope that they speak well of you, uh, you know, find out what, they're, what they may or may not say. Uh, if you can get a copy, uh, you know, uh, like in various courts today, you can go online and order your own criminal record and uh, and see what's there. See if, you know, there is something under your name and date of birth that isn't you. Exactly. And then go down to the court and uh, discuss it with them and, you know, deal with it. You know, it's probably a really good idea, and we've talked about this before, that when you are going to apply for a promotion or a new job or whatever, it's probably a good idea to order your own background check, isn't it? It would be a good idea. It's difficult to do. Um, most of the most of the services that offer that kind of services services are online. <clears throat> they don't actually go to the courts for you. Uh, they use databases, and databases are not always accurate. They're not always correct, uh, <clears throat> but they are at least some attempt to see what might be there. Right now, do these information brokers? actually go to the courthouses now, or do they just collect the data from from the courthouses that do this electronically, with now all of the courts now asking you to file everything electronically? There is a whole transformation into electronic files. So what are the information brokers doing about that? Are they actually going to the courts? Well, it once again, it depends on when the employer who wants to do background checks signs up, uh, with a 
background screening company. And by the way, the, the legal title is Consumer Reporting Agency. That's the legal title of right. the screening company. When they sign up, uh, they basically tell them, you know, what kind of services they want to do as far as criminal background checks. And today, to do a criminal background check, there are various sources. One is to go to the court and pull records. Another is to use a database, and there's many different databases that can be used, and not all databases are the same. Right. Um, and then there's the federal district court, which create, which has a database of federal crimes, which are not in the local court system, okay? And then there's sex offender lists. And so, so there's various locations. Now, some employers uh, may be penny-wise and pound-foolish and only use a, a, a cheap database and mm-hmm. never go to the court. Other com- others go to the court, but they go to the court, for example, in Orange County, and there may be a crime in San Diego County uh, or Los Angeles County that they miss. Right. Where if they also did a database search, it throws a wider net, and very inexpensively they might be able to get information on a crime in a county that the person never lived in. Or in a okay? state. Or even a so, state, so you right? Want, so, you, so the recommendation is really to do both, and don't be penny-wise and pound-foolish. And the most accurate and up-to-date is to go to the court and pull the record, of course. Right, right. Now, for these consumer reporting agencies that are not just the credit reporting agencies, but the consumer reporting agencies that do these background checks, um, are they required to, you know, like with the, with the major credit reporting agencies, they have to give one free credit report per year. And I know that LexisNexis that bought out um, ChoicePoint has to give one free public record search through the Fair and Accurate Credit Transactions Act. Now, what about these smaller or, or even like Kroll, is Kroll subject to the the FACTA law where they have to provide a free consumer report once a year? To no, and, no, not at all. No, it, only, it only reflects credit reports. No, well, well, LexisNexis has to give one, which is another, you know, LexisNexis who bought out ChoicePoint has to give a free consumer report once a year, their FACTA disclosure. And that's just yeah. from their database, so it costs them virtually nothing yeah, to do that. Yeah, yeah, So, you know, before you were talking about, if a, you know, to call a previous employer and find out what they might say, what should you do if you are worried that a previous employer might say something bad about you? Is there anything that you can do? Well, Mari, um, you know, I, with all the radio shows that I did, you know, I would get, get asked that question all the time. The question was, you know, um, I have something on my record or I did something in the past. Uh, what do you recommend I do? And my answer was always be honest because the employer, you know, general chances are they're going to find out about it. And if you weren't honest in the first place, they're not going to hire you because of your dishonesty, not necessarily because of the issue. Right. So so you you should always be honest with them and, and tell them, you know, what, what was in the past. Um, but today, when you call a past employer, that past employer is so fearful of getting sued uh, for saying the wrong thing that that from the, from the surveys that that I've read through 
SHRM and other major organizations, they basically don't give much more than just, you know, the fact that you were employed, the dates of your employment, the position that you held, and maybe uh, the salary that you had or uh, at the time that you left. Right, and if you're... Generally, they're not going to say, you know, he was a terrible employer or or a good employee or they're not going to say anything bad. And, and frankly, there have been court cases that if they say something bad, they have to say the good, too. They've got to get both sides of the story. Right. So generally, most labor and employment attorneys advise their clients, just don't say anything. So, and, and except to say maybe if they're eligible for rehire. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's a fail-safe question that, 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 that we all ask. You know, right, would you rehire right. that person? And right. if the person say, says never, <laughs> that tells you something. Right. Uh, but uh, and that and that's a true or false question, frankly. Yeah, and, yeah. And and so they can ask that, but but a lot of employers will not ask that. And and and, and what's involved over the years, for example, I'm involved right now in an, in an expert witness case, where um, um, the situation was they were hiring somebody at pretty much minimum wage, and they decided you know it was a waste of time to call references, call for references because the person worked in the past for some major, major name companies. Right. And they and today, uh, or years, a few years ago, an organization called the Work Number came about. And the Work Number would go to these major companies, uh, like AT&T or whatever, and say, look, you don't want to be bothered with references. Why don't you just download all your name, rank, and file information to us, and we'll give it to, to people who call, and it'll save you time and money, and we'll charge a fee, and so forth and so on. So, so a lot of big employers today use an organization like the Work Number, and um, so if you call for references, you're never calling AT and T, for example. You're calling the Work Number, uh-huh. and, and they don't give you any information other than, you know, what we call name, rank, and serial number. You right. Know, and that's it. Dates of hire, dates of what right. determination? Yeah. Right. So, so if you work for you know major companies, you know it, it, it would uh, benefit you just to find out if if they use organizations like the Work Number, and then you never have to worry that they're going to say anything bad about you because nobody's ever going to talk to them. <laughs> right. Right. What about temporary agencies? Do they are they doing background checks? I know that they've I've been uh, involved in some cases where temporary agencies kind of messed up. What what are your thoughts about temporary agencies and background checks? Well, temporary agencies have a lot of people that flow through them. Um, and the problem is, is if they did background checks on everybody, the expense would be so huge. And so what they'll do is they'll negotiate with their client um, uh, to pay for background checks. And if their client won't pay for them, they won't do background checks. So, you know, that was what I would always say, you know, when interviewed, is if you have some serious problems in your past and you're having trouble getting a job, go apply through temporary agencies. Because generally, temporary agencies will not do background checks. And they might really put themselves out for some legal liability, too. Well, <laughs> they, they have caveats, in, you know, in their forms with their employers and so forth. And, right. you know saying, you know, we offered it to the employer if the employer would pay for it. The employer decided that they didn't want to pay for it, so we're not going to do it. Yeah, and then, then the liability is back on the employer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to some extent. Yeah. So, so what concern... So yeah. 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, so what about for those of people who are listening who are online all the time and they post things to their blogs, their Facebook, MySpace, the dating sites, the social networking that's sites. The hot, Mari, that's the hottest topic of today because uh, social networking has become so big that I mean, yeah, I mean, look at how many people are on Facebook. It's crazy, and 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 I just I'm amazed at how many people still. I mean, it's the younger set generally, but put inappropriate pictures or inappropriate language and so forth on those sites. Because now there are organizations uh, that will Google somebody or will go to, go look at somebody's Facebook. And, and, of course, you know, they're not a friend, but they'll see the front page or whatever uh, and see what's there um, to do that. And although it's time-consuming for an employer to do that, um, there's, all, there's, you know, been surveys that many, many employers now will do that type of thing depending on the job category the person's applying for. Then there have been a couple companies, one in particular that has really done an amazing job, that sells their services to background screening companies uh, who then sell them to employers, where through one click you can search predominantly all the social networking sites and blogs and other things and what they've done is they they bring all that information into their computers, they analyze it to see if there's anything inappropriate, and um, and then report that to the you know to the background screening company who in turn reports that to the employer, and um, and if there's something inappropriate, the employer is just not going to hire that person. So you you know. Job applicants need to be very, very careful of what's what's in, in you know out there in the social networking field because it's findable without a doubt. And um, actually, this this one company in particular was was questioned by the FTC regarding what they're doing, and actually got a letter from the FTC saying, "Yes, you know, you are following all the laws. You know, what you're doing is is appropriate uh, right, in reporting they, this information. Right, but so, they are so then- it's reportable." Yeah, but then they're subject to the Fair Credit Reporting Act, which Absolutely. means yeah, and th- that's the difference. Follows yeah. the Fair Credit Reporting Act perfectly, and and they follow the laws and they do all of this stuff. But and they term themselves a consumer reporting agency and 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 report that. And uh, at least at least if if that's happening, at least you have your rights under the Fair Credit Reporting Act. But if an employer right. is doing it on his own. You really are out there. You don't have the same kind of uh, rights that you have under the Fair Credit Reporting Act if just an employer is doing it to you, right? Right. If, yeah. If the employer, yeah, an employer doesn't have to follow the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Period. Right. I mean, if they call references, if they go to the court themselves, if they uh, search social networking sites or they Google a person, uh, uh, the person does not have a right to dispute the information and correct it if, if it's wrong. Right. Uh, none of that. But if they go through a, a consumer reporting agency, then the consumer has rights, and then it's much more protected. But but I submit to you, Mari, that, that, that an employer would be crazy to do it themselves because it's so cheap today to hire a reputable company to do all this work for you, and it comes back fast and, and for the most part, accurate. 
uh, and it's they're cheap by comparison. Right, and if you do that, and if you do that, and you act honorably and give a copy to the potential employee, then if there is a problem, then at least you've let them know about it, which could save them the problem for the future too. So it's, it's, it's really a gift to them. Well, believe it or not, we are out of time. Oh, that so was that fast. was really quick, and that was really wonderful, Barry. We are going to tell people to make sure that they take a look at Sleuthing 101, Background Checks and the Law by Barry J. Nadel. And we just hope that you uh, will come back again and keep us informed about all the exciting things that are happening in these expert witness cases. Well, I appreciate that. It's been very, very interesting. And if people want more information on that, uh, they can simply go to www.nadelinvestigations, N-A-D-E-L-L, investigations with an S on it, .com. And uh, that's my website. And I'm happy to answer any questions or help. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank, host of Privacy Piracy. Visit our website at KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy, where you can see our upcoming guests, download podcasts, write us in emails about what's important to you about privacy in the information age. Thanks. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.